ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Joining me now is from KTC TV3 and Seth Lewis Incorporated, my friend Seth Lewis, who is um, like me, up late last night covering the spring game and doing the story afterwards for TV3. Seth, um, on one hand, it's a spring game, so you don't want to overreact to anything, so we're not going to do that. Let's just, you know, I was playing a lot of sound last hour from Coach Napier and Levi Lewis and others. I think we can all agree, man, you know, spring games are pretty forgettable, um, but this might be one we actually remember just based on how the final moments all shaked out, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, if we're being honest, First three quarters, you know, it was, it was hard to stay up. Yeah. Um, it wasn't was a whole lot going on, though I think that the defense was uh, was really impressive throughout. It may have not been, like, highlight impressive, but it was solid. Like, they were very solid, and I would say on all levels, especially uh, when you talk about the defensive backs. The safeties were flying everywhere. Uh, I believe it was Amir McDonald, number 22. Um, he made a good bit of plays. Uh, Makai Garner, um, who Blair Brooks, yeah, such a steal at cornerback. He made so many uh, good plays as well. But uh, but that last four or five minutes, that was exciting. Um, even the drive before the White tied the game up, or not tied the game up, but took the lead um, for 27 seconds. Uh, you know, because um, Hunter Harry, like that was a nice spark. Uh, and and those guys made some really nice plays. Devin Pauley with uh, with a nice one-handed catch. I mean, that end of the game was worth the price of admission. Of course, the price of admission was free, but uh, it was that was worth the price of admission in itself. How, how did you feel about um, the first team offense? Just their rhythm last night from start to finish. You know, me and Andrew were talking about this after the game last night. And in a game like this, with a team like UL and with the way that Philly Napier's offense runs, like, there is nothing that's really vanilla about that offense. It's a lot of motion. It's a lot of uh, different tricks and uh, of the trade, I guess you could call it. And, like, in a spring game, you're not going to see as much of that because they're going to try to keep it a little bit more vanilla. So that does kind of tend to be an advantage to the defense um, because you kind of know what's coming, uh, especially, again, when talking about UL's very creative offense. And so I don't know if there's really much that you can take from from those things, not to mention, too, that, you know, several key guys were with black jerseys. When you talk about, like, Jalen Williams, you talk Peter LeBlanc, you talk T.J. Wisham, at running back, like all those guys were in black jerseys, so they're, they're two-hand touch just like the quarterbacks are. There's just not really a whole lot that you can you can pull from that. Now, again, from the defensive side, I thought they were in a lot of uh, spots. I thought they were in a lot of spots. Um, but I don't really know what you can take from the offense with just kind of the constraints that they were under. Yeah, I, I asked um, – I, I felt like the rhythm early was off. It was a little better late. But uh, I asked Levi about it afterwards, and here's what he had to say. Um, mainly, um, I was thinking about it. They get a, get a touchdown here. Um, I know we got three timeouts. 
And um, no matter the situation, you're going to try to either score or kick a field goal. You know, um, back in high school, you know, I didn't have a field goal kicker, so I, I'd be trying to score. So uh, it kind of like your, your thought process changes now in college, now, now that you have a field goal kicker. So all you got to do and have to do is just get a field goal range. So all those things, just I got to get to the 35, and um, Kenny's going to knock it through for me. So. All right, that's the wrong clip, obviously. That's him talking about the uh, the final drive. Here is him responding to my question about the offensive rhythm. I feel like we was in good rhythm. We just got to just finish drives. You know, we moved the ball. We moved the ball well. Um, we kind of got in a bit of funks here and there, but I say overall we, we moved the ball, you know, well. You know, stand on, on the positive side. Uh, I like you know, the progress, you know, what we're doing. Just got to finally just finish drives, you know, in the red zone and go zone, just finish drives. Got to score touchdowns. You know, here is my big take. Uh, I feel like we was a good night, We just got to just finish um, drives. I'm with you uh, on the defense. Ball, Chris Moncrief showed you the uh, kind of depth they have at linebacker. Here, I mean, he's getting that opportunity we, we ball, because, well, you know, McCaskill and Gardner are dealing with some injuries. Uh, I like Zion progress, Hill was great. You know, Taylor Humphrey was doing, great. You know those guys are going to perform this year. I think on the offensive side of it, Chris Smith is – is a stop. Uh, I feel like we I mean, was in good I, I, I we think just gotta just finish this drive. line of ball, running backs well. under uh, got you know this recent regime there, that are playing on Sundays. You saw with Raymond well, Kale. We'll see you with Elijah Mitchell. I think uh, Trey like, Regis has a good chance to make a team. Elijah McGuire a few years before that. Chris Smith feels like an NFL caliber talent. And um while Levi's the starter, I think we saw last uh, I feel time like that we Chandler, was a good Chandler we just Fields just is 100% uh, number two ball, on the depth chart. Would you well. agree with that? Uh, we kind of got in a bit of funks here and there, but I say overall we, we moved the ball you know, well, you know, stand on, a, on the positive side. Uh, yeah, I, mean, look, I like you know, the progress. Chandler Fields, you know, when you talk about just finally just that last finish drives, drive, you know. um, leading to a touchdown, throwing the two-point conversion, uh, that was – a really good look for him when it comes to that, uh, you know, trying to win second quarterback job. And, um, you know, he has to be the leader in the clubhouse, I would say. But, you know, I don't think that's over by any stretch, right? Like, I, I think that, you know, there's a, a bunch of guys that, you know, like you talk about like Lance LeJohn, for example, like he only got, I believe, one drive in the game, you know, behind Levi. And so, like, I would have liked to see him a little bit more. And then you talk about Woolrich. Uh, he got a, he got a few drives in the game, but um, but obviously I would like to probably see him a little bit more. Um, but I think Chandler Fields has earned it. He earned it uh, not only through his longevity on the roster at this point, but also through his play. Um, I think that was I think that was pretty clear. And so uh, so we'll see just where that goes, but of course, entering camp, he's the favorite to be the backup. Yeah, I think, uh, let's do one more soundbite here. Here is uh, is Coach Napier, who just asked, you know, if he thought Chandler Fields looked good, and and then, of course, he ended up going into just overall the backup quarterbacks and the competition on the roster. Yeah, no, I think uh, what you saw today is what we've been seeing behind the scenes. You know, I think last year, one of the things that we had, obviously, very proud of the season that we had, but I thought that we could have played better at times last year and got games under control, uh, much like we did in the 19 season, where we had a chance to play some of these young players, right? We've got a lot of players that are young on our team that haven't played a bunch in the game that have talent and are very capable 
And I think Chandler last year as the backup just missed out on opportunities because the games were so back and forth. You know, we were down at halftime six times. Uh, even some of the wins where we were ahead were very tight until the, the very end of the game. So, you know, we've seen Chandler, um, you know, for several years now, and he, he certainly continues to develop. He's got a huge summer and training camp in front of it. You know, I think the next – three months are going to be critical for him. You know, Ben Wooldridge, you saw Ben today too. Uh, Ben's a very capable and uh, certainly he's had a good spring. So, um, you know, it's good to have competition. I think it makes us all better. And certainly at quarterback, it's always good uh, to have competition. You know, I often say you kind of wake up every morning what the other guy's doing, you know, so I know. Uh, I feel that way about the, the teams and the coaches that we compete against. You know, let, let's follow up on that last point there, Seth. What position group in your mind will have the most competition for playing time for the Raging Cajuns when they get back at it come, you know, early August? Look, man, that wide receiver group? That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's the answer. I mean, that's the answer. I mean, you know, I'm looking at the Vermillion and White squad yesterday, right? And, you know, obviously it's split one versus two. I mean, our, our, it's just a one offense on the Vermillion squad, one defense on the White squad. But I'm looking at the white wide receivers, and I'm like, you know, just that looks like the starters to me. Because on the white squad was Kyron Lacey, it was uh, Jalen Williams, it was Errol Rogers, it was Dante Fleming, and these are all guys that play huge roles in the offense at different times based on just a, a myriad of things. But, you know, Kyron Lacey, for example, uh, was maybe the most impressive wide receiver to me um, last year, maybe him and, uh, and, and Peter LeBlanc um, just in general. But it's like... That's how deep they are because, you know, Peter was on the Vermilion squad. And then you talk about, I believe it's uh, John Stevens, the, the CCU transfer, uh, was on that squad. And then you start talking about a Devin Pauley, uh, who was uh, a pretty solid slot receiver. And it's just like, you look at it and it's like, wow, there's only one football. <laughs> like, there's only one football and there's so many weapons. Um, and so I think that competition is going to be really deep. I mean, the good thing about this offense is that they spread it around really well, so it's not like I don't – I think that everybody's going to get a chance to eat. You know what I mean? You know, just depending on what the protocols are next year um, and, and just kind of even where we are in the, in the pandemic, which I know we, we don't really think about it as it being a factor next year, but you just never know as far as, like, people being out with sicknesses and things of that nature, and then just naturally attrition with injuries. Uh, you know, you're going to need a deep wide receiver room, but, man, is that wide receiver room deep. It is legitimately no hyperbole. Eight deep? Eight, eight. You know, like eight guys that trust yeah, in maybe any more. type of situation. You know, and I feel like even eight is probably selling this short. Probably There's so. guys like Caleb Carter who walked his way onto the, the squad from Cecilia who they would trust to, to, um, to put in there if they had to. So that just speaks to just, man, it's, it's a deep room. 
I mean, you, you meant you, the young guys like Rodgers and Lacey and Fleming and, uh, you know, you, you saw Jacob Bernard last night making plays and Devin Pauley and Dallin Kenton, you know, Dalen Cambry and, and you got veterans like Khalif Gossett, Cassius Allen, Jamal Bell, Jalen Williams, guys that have dealt with injuries, but you know they have playing time. Newcomers like 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 John Hughes Jr., who looked good last night to transfer from TCU. Pat Hughes getting a lot of playing time last night, and I still have not, you know, I mean, Peter LeBlanc, obviously, right? I mean, you could you could go a baker's dozen of guys that have experience and like wide receiver is the obvious answer there like the best coach Napier I I asked him about it yesterday about that you know wide receiver in in the the competition there he said you know ideally on game day during the season you're playing about six guys consistently there you got 19 guys on the roster over half of those have playing experience in Napier's system and you got other guys like Again, a John Stevens Jr., who you saw out running with the first teams last night. Um, the one thing you don't have yet, Seth, is that bona fide number one that has stepped up and said, okay, Jamarcus Bradley from two years ago, I am now that role. I am the number one guy. You don't have that. But what you do have, I think, is probably the most depth that we've ever seen at that position, um, at least in you know in the last few decades covering this team. I mean, I, I can't... The amount of guys with playing experience there is just, I've never seen anything like it at a single position. So all in all, Seth, you know, the spring game's in the books. We're, we, you know, we, we, as far as college football goes, I'm, I know we'll pick it back up in terms of the talk of it a lot more, you know, midsummer and then as we get into August and players report. But what's your, you know, what's your closing thoughts, uh, your, your biggest takeaway now that the Cajuns have wrapped up spring ball? For me, I just think that this team is loaded. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're looking at, I was looking at the depth chart from, you know, UTSA, and, I mean, you're just looking at, like, what, 20? You could you could say 22 starters returning. Obviously, there are guys like Elijah Mitchell and Trey Reagan. Like, those guys are returning. So it's not a true 22, but there are – there are multiple guys at certain positions that you would call starters that are both returning, you know what I mean? And so, like, you have over 20 guys or 20 guys uh, from your 22 um, coming back, and uh, that's, that's really my over my, my overarching thought from leaving the spring game. I mean, you're only going to see so much in the spring game, so I think there's only – so much you can get from that, but the depth was on display at a lot of positions, I would say. Um, it'll be very interesting to see uh, who emerges in that three-headed backfield, you know, because that's kind of what they like to do. They like to run uh, three guys. You know that Chris Smith, um, you know, is going to be one of those guys, but then you start talking about, like, who's going to be the second and third guys? Is it, is it going to be uh, Kabodi? Uh, the Texas A&M transfer, is it going to be P.J. Wisham? Um, is it, you know, just this, and then there's so many freshmen running backs that are that are coming there. Too. So that's, that's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch as to see who are the guys early on in the season that are getting those those carries, uh, replacing, you know, two guys like Elijah and Trey. 
But um, but the overwhelming thought is this team is loaded, and next year should be another really fun ride for Cajuns ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Seth Lewis of KTC TV3, our guest right now. Seth, on the diamond this week in Cajun softball, scheduled to take on Alabama, and this is the best team they're going to play this season. It's the best team on their schedule. Um, I think if you want to get a regional atmosphere, this is the kind of place you'd want to go to. It's probably the most difficult place to play in college softball. In terms of the layout of the schedule, you're getting them a little bit later in the year, but you want to really stack up how good you can be. I, I, I want to see, you know, Summer Ellis and Kendra Lamb. I want to see the pitchers have great outings so that we can see what happens on the other side of it because, obviously, I, I don't think they stand a chance against Bama unless – and I know we're talking about, you know, a team ranked high with the Cajuns, and, and you're talking about a team ranked high with Bama, number 14, number 5, but – I, I think you've got to have great days in the circle from those two, but but you've been getting it a lot lately, so I think you're going to see it there. But, man, in terms of softball this week and in competition, I think the most competitive series in college softball scheduled for this weekend is Louisiana at Alabama. I'd put it up against any other series in the country this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting, and I think that, you know, it's interesting that they don't have a third game, right? But that could play in the Cajuns' favor, you know, especially if they're able to get one on the road at Alabama. Um, I think they probably need a win to have a good chance at hosting. You know, they need that win, and then obviously they would need to uh, pretty much go unblemished the rest of the way in the Sun Belt, excuse me, including the, uh, the Sun Belt tournament. But, um, no, you're not going to find much better softball, I don't believe, this weekend. And, you know, obviously you want to win all your games, but if you get one on the road against Alabama, that is, you know, make no mistake about it. That would be a very big success for them. And, like I said, I, you know, it gives them a chance to be hosting softball um, at Lampson come mid-May. On the baseball side of things, the guys are going to Little Rock. Two o'clock start time today, but, you know, Little Rock's a tough place to play. We saw what they did to South Alabama. We saw what South Alabama did to the Cajuns. That, that, those two games Monday and Mobile were so head-scratching. It's not that they lost. It's how they lost. Uh, you saw them respond on Wednesday night, but at this point, you know, it looks like the Sun Belt's only going to be a one-bid league, Seth, so... You want to get good seating in the tournament. You want to try to, you know, win your division. And you don't want to have a performance like you had on Monday. Like Coach Deggs told us this week, you know, I can deal with crash and burning. What I can deal with is hesitance and just timidness, right? I want us to just go out there and go for it. I um, I think it's going to be a tough series this week, and I'm being honest. It's a tough place to play. And uh, if the Cages can get two or three, I think, I think they should sign off on it. I know they're going to want to go for the sweep, but – I don't know, man. I, I'm more anxious to look. Arigetti, Connor Cook. It's hard to go against those guys. So the odds of them winning two or three, I'd probably swing it a little bit in their favor. But trying to get a sweep in Little Rock, that's a tall task, in my opinion. Yeah, that would be a win. You know, if you can get two out of three um, against Little Rock, that would be big, especially because those two teams are right there at the top of the Sun Belt West standing, so that can play huge dividends down the stretch when it comes to being a divisional champ. 
and, and having great season going into the Sun Belt uh, tournament. And it's just weird, right, because, like, even though they were swept by South Alabama, and while that was, like, this terrible result, you know, they're also a team that was just coming off of prior to that went in, you know, what, eight of nine or, or something of that nature. So it, it, was, uh, uh, it was almost like a reevaluation weekend because um, you just weren't expecting that. You weren't expecting them to get swept, and you weren't expecting for it to happen in the manner that it did. But um, but this weekend would, would, would be big as far as getting their confidence back on track. This would be a big weekend series to win or to sweep or, or something of that nature to, to, to really continue to give them that confidence that they are uh, still moving in the right direction because, um, you know, some of some of last week too was just a play going wrong here, a play going wrong there, or, you know, one bad pitch, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, it's, it's different than a win and a loss. And that's baseball sometimes. That, that just is the game of baseball. But um, but getting a series win against Little Rock, against another one of the contenders in the Sun Belt West, would definitely be big, not only for the standing, but more so for their confidence moving forward. Yeah, and um, I think I think you just hit it there at the end with the confidence part of it. Uh, before we wrap it up, LSU, um, big win last night against Ole Miss, five to four. I mean, just a just a big win in a big way. And uh, Fontenot just getting the the save there at the end in a big way. It was good, man. Devin Fontenot hitting the jersey. Watching the highlights last night for them to get a win at number ten beginning the three-game series with a win. This is a team that has a small margin for error right now, Seth, if they want to be in a regional. I know that their odds are really good, but I say really good. I think their their odds of getting to a regional today, let's just say they're better than they were prior to last night's game. And you could say, oh, it's only one game, but we're looking at the entire body of work up to this point. That was a game I think LSU needed in a big way last night. Yeah, they needed it in a big way. And, I mean, to a similar degree as far as, like, confidence is concerned, but, like, winning that one-run game, winning a five-to-four contest when they've just honestly struggled in some of those situations, in some of those late game, eighth inning, ninth inning, you know, like, they've just not they've collapsed or, you know, another team has scored a lot of runs late and, uh, made it real close, like, you know, I guess the, the game that they won against Kentucky, and it was like, all right, well, cool, they, they won. Um, and that was that was in that Saturday game, but, like, that momentum just carried over to, like, Kentucky blowing them out of the Sunday game, even though they still won that series. But um, but you need, you need wins like that. You need close wins like that, especially as a young club, to just give yourself the reminder or give yourself the assurance that, like, we can win these games. Like, these games aren't just always going to collapse on us. These games aren't just um, always going to end up in some failure. Like, we can win these games. We can we can uh, slug these games out. And, yeah, so, I mean, and against, you know, a top-10 team. You know, that, that, that certainly helps, too. But to be honest, just any wins against any close wins they get just feels like just one more – uh, coin in the confidence bag. Confidence bag. I don't 
Seth Lewis has been our guest. Seth, I appreciate the time. Everybody check out Seth, Andrew, Clay, everybody, all the work they're doing over at KATC TV3. I know it's uh, it's your day off today, so I appreciate you taking time this morning, man. All the best, and um, you know what? I'm not going to ask you about the Pelicans because we're we're gonna you know we're just gonna go past nine. We're gonna de- we're gonna dig into Steve's show. You're gonna get upset, or maybe you're gonna get me upset. May I? I just I don't I don't want to I don't want to do that. I, I talked Pels earlier with Gus, so maybe next time we talk we could tackle a little bit. But I thought it'd be better just to stay away from it today, just for just for time reasons and maybe for our own sanity. Yeah, for all Saturday, but I'll make you laugh, though, before I go. Uh, I turned to someone at the game last night and said, is a 38-point lead entering the fourth quarter safe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, but it was, you know, good win against uh, the Magic, but it's like, man. Uh, is, is is 40 points know, enough? It, right. No, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, bro. I appreciate the time, Seth. All the best, man. Always a pleasure. All right. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up the great sketch. I'll get you set up for the weekend in sports, what to watch for. It's all coming your way next right here at ESPN1420.com.